You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. For your next sci-fi addiction, you need to pick up the first books in the Spire novel series from author Peter F. Smith. The Spire brings to life a setting years after a viral apocalypse has decimated the world's population, leaving only a handful of families who were instrumental in the downfall of mankind as its new rulers. With mankind wiped out, these elites turn on one another with violent results. I enjoyed the incredible details put into the action scenes that rival any you could possibly see on the big screen, and the thought put into the world building crafts possibilities that are endless. The second book, Apocalypse Dawn, allows you to dive further into this dystopia from a survivor's point of view and will grip you instantly. You can pre-order both books on Amazon for 99 cents until November 12th. So sign into your account now and pick up your copies of the next major sci-fi hit and always remember to geek out. So hello and welcome everybody to an interview with my favorite wrestler. The only reason that I go to any wrestling event ever, Super Beetle. <clears throat> um, How's it going? So we have talked about doing an interview for so long. Like, Correct. Any, like on this part of the internet, in person, all these different things. And that never, ever came to be. <laughs> well, now I'm interested. You said the only reason you go to a wrestling show. Does that mean you've been to two wrestling shows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> yeah, just the um the like I think the the first one that we went to where you were that was in Yuma. I think was that one and then one that was farther away or no was the far- I, don't, I don't remember oh, if that oh, one. it was it should have been El Centro for both of them, I think. I think Oh no, no. Th- then I've been to three. I went to one other small one in Yuma. Based, oh. based on how good my experience was uh, with the <laughs> other ones with you guys. How was your experience <laughs> with the Yuma one? Uh, it, it was interesting. <laughs> there, there were, um, I, I don't think that uh, the, the, the group that we saw there was like, they, they were decently well practiced and everything, <laughs> but I, I wasn't into the gimmicks. The, the, I completely <laughs> understand that. <laughs> there was I one guy. I totally get it. Like it, it just it's not fun if if you're not in on the jokes with the people, you know. <laughs> um, but no, there, there was one guy. Um, he he was clear. He'd clearly had enough for the day, and so he was like, he was like, no, I'm not going to participate in this big old group match thing that's happening over here. And so he just like sat down in the crowd, and I just like handed him a bag of Fritos that I had, and he just started munching on the on the Fritos. And then at one point, he got up, threw some Fritos at one of the other wrestlers, and then walked off. And he got paid for that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, well, this is my day's work. <laughs> he got that, that solid $15 you were talking about on Twitter earlier. <laughs> 100%. Um, so thank you for, uh, for agreeing to do this interview today. Um, no problem. For, for anyone who may not know, who are you? What do you do? Um, like you said, I am a independent professional wrestler, which are, um, it's an easy way to say. I throw myself around for money onto the ground, onto canvases, <laughs> onto uh, steel chairs, whatever it may be, uh, for people's enjoyment. I hope <laughs> most of the time. I, I've seen the crowd response. They like you. 
it, it, it varies from crowd to crowd. There's different crowds. Like you said, a lot of those people in that bar for the Yuma show probably were really into that stuff. Um, they're a little bit more hardcore than I usually venture into. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've been known to go through a table once or twice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm an independent professional wrestler based out of Southern California. Um, and I kind of just travel around and uh, smash smash heads on the weekends. <laughs> or get, get your head smashed. More often than not, it's my head getting smashed. Yes, it, I am. It, it's, I am very known for that. It, is that an actual? Well, I mean, it's fair. You do have the horn that you that you wield so expertly. Exactly. And the the fact is that I I put the horn out there so much that like that's my number one weapon, <laughs> and that makes it it makes it a target. That's true. Like when so being a person who who wields your horn so expertly and so often, <laughs> is was that ever a regret of yours? Like that you didn't develop it. Like do you do you do you wish you had developed maybe like claws like Wolverine that you could swing around instead of (laughs) things attached to your face? So I I will say that the entire mask is sort of a a regret. uh, Really, all the time. Yes. Uh, When I was when I was designing it, I I was like, all right, I got to design it. All the you think of famous luchadors, Rey Mysterio, Pentagon Junior. Uh, Ray Phoenix, everybody that's on TV right now, you're like, all right, there's a certain style look that they have. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking of famous luchadors when I designed this. I was thinking, oh, you know, Spider-Man. How does he look? So I send the design to my trainer and I say, this is it. This is the mask I want. There it is. And he says, mm, you're probably going to want eye holes and a mouth hole so that you can breathe. And, and, like- and young Beetle, uh, thought that was the dumbest thing he'd ever heard. <laughs> he wanted to look like Spider-Man. <laughs> so I went ahead and got it designed the way it's designed now. And first match, uh, my first match was outside in the mountains. So thin air already, hot outside, summer day. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get out there, first three minutes, I'm like, what is that? What is happening? I, I didn't breathe like that at training. Why am I breathing like that now? Yeah back instantly realized oh i can't see anything and i cannot breathe for the life of me i mean so it's been a constant struggle throughout my entire career of like like now when i do cardio i will be at the gym singing at the top of my lungs so that i get used to talking and doing cardio at the same time and like just breathing under heavy conditions like that you basically you're doing the thing that like you see like the crazy like intense athletes do with like the oxygen deprivation masks when yeah, you're actually like, performing. Exactly. Which the athletes are just running up and down. Like I'm try throwing yourself on the ground nine, 10 times over again, or getting slammed on the ground nine, ten times over again and having to get back up. And I'm like, this was probably the worst idea of my career. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I like it's, I still think it looks cool. I love it. And every time I put it on, I'm like, oh, all right, got to get used to this again. Here we go. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the whole reason that, that I, took to you as a wrestler in the first place is that you you're you bill yourself as the toku titan correct like that's that's that tokusatsu love that all (laughs) all the most worthwhile people of the world have a hundred percent and like i have to explain that more often than not of what tokusatsu is and so uh especially you'll have the ring announcers ask you beforehand like oh what do you want to be called and i've more recently started going by the best bug if they only allow one if they allow more i'll do both of them but it's so hard to be like the Toku Titan. And they're like, okay, uh, what was that? How do you spell to- Toku? And I was like, just spell it 
however you think it's spelled, because the minute you go out there, you're going to say Tuku Titan. Yeah. It's happened so many times. The Toucan. Toucan <laughs> Titan. That's happened. And it's happened before. But um, yeah, no, Tokusatsu, 100%. My, I think my first kind of foray into it was uh, my dad had a bunch. And by a bunch, I mean every single one of the Godzilla VHSs Jeez. growing up. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden, like, it just spawned a different thing. Like, I grew up, as we all did in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers age, mm-hmm. so, like, that was, like, the big hit. But even further than that, uh, like, Ultraman would come on at some random channel at 2 a.m. in the morning, and my dad was like, this is Ultraman, he's <laughs> awesome. And I think my dad was more into, um, my dad's 80s metalhead stoner type. Mm-hmm. I think he was more into the... Hey, there's two giant monsters fighting right now. This yeah. rules. And I was like, "Wait, he's an alien? What's his origin? What is what does his life look like? How does how do you live with that? How does he keep his secrets from everybody?" Yeah, I was enthralled. My my father was just like, "Yeah, punch him again. <laughs> Let them fight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Let them fight. Like for for those things. Um, do do you have a favorite Ultraman? A favorite Ultraman? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, mainly so. Uh, I watched a video today too about the the history of Ultraman on home video in the Americas. It's nuts. It's and nuts. it is. There's like a gigantic lawsuit that mm-hmm. just wrapped up like months ago. We've seen the fruit of that already. Yeah, there's it, there's it, Blu-rays it, in Best Buy right now. Yeah, for like for Ultra Q and the regular mm-hmm. Ultraman. But like growing up, I remember seeing very sporadically just episodes here and there of Ultraman. Um. The more the bigger thing that I had a connection with was uh, Common Rider because the Master Rider had the the Power Rangers tie-in. Yeah, and I was like, this is awesome. What is this? And it lasted <laughs> for like a season. Yeah, it was so and short. VR yeah, VR Troopers came in, and so it kind of just like it was never not in my mind, and I didn't realize that there was so much behind it. I just saw the stream of things that were coming into America. Of all right, this is next. Now it's Ultraman. Now it's Superhuman. Uh, superhuman. Samurai is, Cyber Squad. Yeah, now is, it, is SSSS Gridman? Yeah, exactly. Now yeah. it's this one. Now it's this one. So I just thought it was that. And then I want to say probably around 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. uh, the internet decided they wanted to get real, real like, hey, here's, especially on Facebook, like you joined a group and there was all the the subs yeah. of every season up until that point. And I was like, oh, this is, this rules. Like there's this whole, and it's, it's not, a kid show it's supposed to be a kid show but at the same time there's there's common writers that deal with like hey this guy's a god now and he has to choose mm-hmm. his life or or taking on the the responsibilities of a god and like this is kind of deep for kids so i'm yeah. digging this like everything i wanted from power rangers that's what i found in uh the the later tokusatsu shows yeah no i mean i'm, I'm like especially like power rangers versus super sentai super sentai is nuts that oh, in, in um i did it is super inside baseball about Super Sentai and Power Rangers. <laughs> but, I know we're supposed to be talking about wrestling. Yeah. This, but buckle up, kids. We're about to start a rant. I just like, it, it's so good. I, I don't blame you for choosing that to be a thing that you in any way, shape, or form pattern stuff after. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Like, I love Power Rangers. Everyone's like, oh, well, In Space was awesome. And then it fell off after that. And I was like, no. Whoa. Whoa. Never watched Time Force. You've never yeah. watched Life Speed Rescue. Like, Time Force is good. 
Yeah, Lightspeed <laughs> Rescue, this dude made a deal with the devil <laughs> to save his child, and his child grew up to be the Titanium Ranger. Yeah, no, like, and in, in the beginning of uh, Time Force, like a, the Red Ranger the, of the, of that time dies, he murdered. falls into right the up, earth. Right. <laughs> yep. Like, and, and, and then, then they go back it, in time and they're like, oh, you have his DNA, so, which is not how DNA works. No, no. But he's like, okay, you're, you're the Red Ranger now. And they just roll with it up until the end when <laughs> their Red Ranger comes back and is the biggest, like, total jerk on the planet to them. Mm-hmm. To the point where he's like, sorry, the past is screwed. We're going to the future. <laughs> and they're like, no, we want to stay in this place where we just defended for 40 episodes. Yeah, we, 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 did, we did odd jobs. I know Mr. McAllister, we painted his house. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's like, nope, sorry, this timeline's messed up. We got to go back to ours. <laughs> but, Leave them be. <laughs> Let them fight. Let them all fight. <laughs> but that's like, I, I remember in the same way that like, I don't know. I got that feeling during Endgame of watching the portals opening, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Is it? It is on right now." Yeah, I got that every single season finale of Power Rangers, and like just the just the fact of like, "Hey, I can get this feeling once a year. Why would I stop watching this?" Yeah, they, they do flows, f- but there's a point in Lost Galaxy where Leo's whole face mask breaks, mm-hmm. and it's like looking through gives you the thumbs up, and I was like, "That was like a huge moment in my childhood." Yeah. Like every, every Forever Red episode was just like, yeah, those are my boys. Exactly. And I, I, I was the kid that always wanted more, too, that was like, wait, Forever Red was 30 minutes long. Like, I wonder what, what else about it. Googled it, was found all sort of conspiracy theories and such. They're supposed to be an hour long. They're supposed, <laughs> supposed to be scenes with other Rangers. It's supposed to be this. There's a whole half of the script missing. And I was like, what? Why? Like, what do you mean there's half of the script missing? And then that was because of Super Sentai versus Power Rangers? Or Well, that's, that's when I like started to lean towards the Super Sentai and the Kamen Riders, where like, oh, they have their seasons, and then they have three movies attached to yeah. them. And then they have uh, V-Cinemas or home, home video releases mm-hmm. attached to them. Like, so much supplemental material that like it just seemed a lot more... Power Rangers always seemed like they were flying by the seat of their pants <laughs> yeah. at times. Well, yeah, they're, like, they're, right, they're, over. What's next? That one? Put it in. We got to go. Yeah, like in in the beginning of Power Rangers, like they were they they would keep like three cast members from the previous five, and then they would go into this next team, and it would keep going that way. And honestly, I don't. I think the closest thing that like American TV has now is like first maybe wrestling, and then second, The Bachelor maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't I have like any legacy. <laughs> pro wrestling and the bachelor <laughs> like, but but like there's something to be said about like like these characters that last mm-hmm. 20 years with us yeah and all over those 20 years was like throw people out there i don't know any characters from the bachelor so i'm not going to use That's that as an example i don't but know either <laughs> we're throwing out like triple h mm-hmm. people saw him go from the blue blood to the boss let's throw out tommy oliver People watched him go from the new kid in school to the professor leading yeah, Dr. O. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Leading the charge, leading the whole cast. And and even in Forever Red, like he was he was the boss of the place. He he decided, like, hey, I'm gonna get all these Red Rangers together and everything. And so there's something to be said. And I think the only other thing I can think of like that that has like that history just already ingrained to it would be Doctor Who. Because it's fair. Honestly, yeah. You have 50 years worth to pull from and those are, and it's different because that's all the same person. So there's yeah. so, 
a lot more intimate history there. But they can switch out cast every now and again, and that story is still there. It's already baked in of like, hey, remember 20 years ago on Gallifrey, this thing happened. Yeah. No, honestly, that's fair. I'm, just, like, I'm not a massive Doctor Who person, though I've been trying more recently because of my girlfriend. I, I'm trying, <laughs> man. I'm trying. <laughs> um, but no, like, I, th- there's something to be said for that like legacy TV thing. You, like, you turn the TV on and you know all these characters, you know? Yeah, that's- 100%. And it's not, it's not like a lot of TV gets tired. Yeah. Four or five seasons and we're done. I'm trust me, I'm so ready for the good place to be over. Really? <laughs> like I, mean, don't, don't I'm tired, I understand. I'm tired of eating them every single season. Yeah, the the fact that it's always like, oh no, and then now they don't know that they're in the good place. They've yeah, done and that one a lot. Know each other again, and now they don't know Michael. And it's like, all right, we've done this three seasons already. <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong, they're wrapping it up very well. I'm just ready for I just feel like we like we were just talking about legacy TV. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we erased what I spent 20 hours watching or uh, 20 episodes watching. Now, do, do you think, do you get that same kind of experience from wrestling in general? Cause I, I don't know how much you keep up on the actual like tentpole kind of shows. I mean, you travel tons to do wrestling. So, I mean, do you get to keep up with like SmackDown or anything like that? Oh yeah. I still keep up with it. Like I may not watch, every minute of every show i mm. definitely catch like the pay-per-views because they make it so easy with the network and everything yeah um, but i think somebody told me real early when i started wrestling it's like there's not one player in college football that doesn't want to be in the nfl that doesn't watch the nfl okay that's fair like one if you you got to know what's going on two if you love it you love it like why not watch it at the highest level performed yeah no that's fair so even even in addition, and there's so much wrestling now that it could be overwhelming to people because, like, mm-hmm. every night on national television, there is a wrestling show this year. Yeah. Every weeknight, there's a national wrestling show that you can just flip through channels and find. And to expect everyone, every wrestling fan, to watch seven to 13 hours of wrestling every week is ridiculous yeah that's crazy like yeah. re- wrestling it's it's not like an auditory medium where you can just be like doing whatever like post office job you got and then just also be listening to like oh what's cody Rhodes up to yeah podcast in the back all right let me hear all the promos from this week and you know, <laughs> but a lot of people like up until this year it was a lot of people made it really hard to find or really hard to to follow wrestling mm-hmm. uh, and like i said just this year with with everybody getting their their TV deals, AEW, TNA is now on like a, a station that's widely available. That's- WWE is on three times a week now, live three times a week. Yeah. Um, and even for independent wrestling, beyond wrestling and independent wrestling TV, they have this new this streaming service, which has been around for a few years, but beyond is now putting on a, a live show every week. So it's a lot easier for people to follow. But there's more. There's so much more that you get to pick and choose. Like, okay, I like this one, or I like this one. Mm-hmm. I want to follow this character. I know th- there there are a couple things that that I know that you take part in that are live streamed or at least available as VODs after the fact. Um, what are what are those? Where can people find those online? Um, independent wrestling TV is pretty much the place to be or the place to see independent wrestling right now. Uh, independent wrestling TV. And basically what they are is they were a group of people that got together and said, Hey, look at all these Disney pluses and all these, uh, all these Netflix and everything. Let's do that for independent wrestling. Cause for the longest time, it was just a lot of people throwing it on YouTube and kind of, you got what you got for the views on YouTube. Yeah. Why not have a place where if you're a fan of independent wrestling, 
you can go and have that backlog and maybe you can find people that you didn't know you'd love or just like diamonds in the rough. Or if you really want this one promotion, you can follow their entire history right there on the streaming service. Um, so a lot of independent wrestling has gone towards that. Some, there are some, and it, not that they're smaller or bigger, but there are some that decide, Hey, we're going to do uh, I pay-per-views on fight TV. And those run anywhere from free, like championship wrestling from Hollywood, which I wrestle in. They're free on there. Um, every Sunday is a new episode. What, what, or, what, what, what was that name again? Where can they find them on Twitter and Instagram? Hollywood on Fight TV. Okay. <laughs> Just a little sure. Yeah, the Fight TV part. app is, is where you'll find like a lot of iPay-per-views um, for like mixed martial arts or boxing and such. Okay. They have a lot of wrestling stuff too. And a lot of people, um, some people will charge, they get about $15 like a show. But um, the one I'm on on their championship wrestling from Hollywood, they post it free every Sunday and it's a weekly television show, weekly nice. hour long television show. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, so you, you grew up watching wrestling. Correct. Like, at, like just in general. Um, <laughs> is that what made you want to do wrestling or was it some, at some other time in your life where you like, no, th- this is the thing I'm going to do? Um, it, it actually didn't hit me until... I was 20, 22. Yeah. So I've been watching wrestling since I was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, my grand or my uncle turned on the TV and I saw stone cold Steve Austin be hit with a car. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was so baffled. I was like, what is happening? Why is this on TV right now? Like a man just got murdered because it like, it looked like the news. It was yeah. like, I've seen movies and I've seen TV shows where people get hit with a car. It looked like nothing. This looked like the news reporting on somebody getting hit with a car. That man's dead now. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> why is no one helping? Like cameraman, go do something. Why is no one helping? man? And I remember just being so like, I was hooked ever since then. And it wasn't even the wrestling aspect that, that came later. It was the, it was just the presentation of it all. And as soon as like, they went from there and they cut to the big stage. And I was like, wait, what is this? Like I was doing T-ball at the time. I was like, this isn't like <laughs> that's sports to me. What is this? Like, <laughs> this is brand new. Like the comparison oh, for T-ball, like no T-ball, like the one with, with like, like this, the stand where I hit the ball off of that is organized <laughs> exactly. sport. We don't get fireworks. <laughs> like I've been to major league baseball games. They get walkout songs. Sure. But this is entrance <laughs> music. All right. Sean Michaels isn't like waltzing out to a pitcher's mound doing his whole entrance. This is some, this is something grander. I got to figure out what this is. I want to put so it I out there. I think that would make baseball so much like, better. A hundred percent, it would. Like <laughs> pitcher had like entrance entrance gear and everything. Put little fireworks on the stands. Yeah, like just just go all out and like everyone has like like their specific intro music. I, I would be. I'd so be there. I would watch baseball so much more. <laughs> Well, they're putting some production value into this. So let's go, hon. <laughs> Bring out the LED walls. We're going to MLB. <laughs> so no, um, but, you said at 22 or so? Oh, yeah. So um, so I kept watching, and the, the big part of it was that uh, my stepbrother at the time was a fan. Mm-hmm. And watching wrestling every – because we didn't have Raw, so it was probably another year before SmackDown started airing on free TV. Um, so watching wrestling every Thursday, that was like our bonding time. That mm-hmm. was – Hey, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., shut up. We're going <laughs> to laugh at the same things. We're going to get hyped at the same things. We're going to get mad at the same things. Like, this is going to be it. So for years and years and years on end, that's what we did every Thursday night. We'd yeah. sit down. I would cook pizza or spaghetti or something Italian. 
and be like, Hey, we're watching SmackDown. That's it. Yeah. So I really like, it really made me bond with my brother. And then, uh, 2013, I ended up moving out of my hometown and moved to Los Angeles and my brother and I not drifted apart, but like we grew up, mm-hmm. he had starting his family and everything. Yeah, like and, you do. and he, he would always kept on to wrestling. So I was like, Oh, I can text him about that. If I watch wrestling, if I watch Raw on Monday and he watches Raw on Monday, like we got something to talk about on Tuesday. No problem. Yeah. There it is. So I started watching Raw again and because uh, he was really into CM Punk at the time. CM Punk was getting huge. And I remember when I stopped watching wrestling, when I fell off wrestling probably about 2007, CM Punk was like just starting out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll check this out. And like instantly that was, that's what, what we were doing again. We were just talking, watching wrestling every week. Um, and then roll around to his wedding. He w- was going to have a bachelor party. I was going to be the best man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he doesn't really like to like party party. What can we do? That's like different It'd be fun. And I asked my aunt and everybody and they're like, Oh, let's go golfing. Let's go do this. Oh no, it's probably not. Um, Oh, let's go get wrestling lessons. Let's, let's try that. That sounds like a fun <laughs> party. So it was me, one other groomsman, and him mm-hmm. and i paid like i remember i paid some like 500 dollars for like 10 people for oh. one yeah for one training and three people showed up so no. thanks rest of the groom's party oh. um but it was cool because we got we got like way more attention to us that's fair that's fair and looking back at it now wasn't a normal training session like <laughs> they, they tried to pack it all into four hours of like hey this is how you take bumps this is how you get hit this is how you get thrown around this is how matches go and at the end we had a big eight-man tag nice. and that's what kind of the moment of clarity clicked of like um one of my good friends in the in the wrestling business his name is andy brown he was there my first day that's an up up andy or was it up up andy brown up, uptown andy brown that's the one yeah i couldn't remember the twitter name <laughs> and so we we had an eight-man tag match where he was on the other side and i'm standing there my brother's in the ring he comes in plows down my brother <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And I'm just sitting there waiting for my turn to like get in the ring, jumping up and down. I'm not the legal man. He roll, he runs to the, like he plows down my brother instantly beelines it towards me. All that I can explain of it is it was straight elbow to jaw. (laughs) That's what connected was his elbow and my jaw. I fell. This apron's probably four feet off the ground. Mm -hmm. Fell feet to just the cement floor oh. and as I was playing there I was like I gotta do this more now, that some, was dope some people would say it sounds like you got like a really bad head injury and it changed your personality <laughs> <laughs> it just this it changed my whole life <laughs> October 20 I want to say it was October 2013 well, it changed <laughs> everything for me but like part of it and I, and I tell Andy to this to this day part of it was like hey I'm gonna get this dude back like he hit, but, he hit me real hard. I'm gonna stay here till I get him back. <laughs> no, <laughs> have you gotten him back yet? Oh uh, yeah. Over <laughs> we've had we've had a few matches now. <laughs> uh, but I, ever since after that, I was going to school for for film and screenwriting. And I was like, let me take a, let me take a break on this because in actuality, I can write when I'm 60 years old. I can't bump when I'm 60 years old. That's fair. So let me yeah. Let me put a pause on this track because I could only pay for one at the time. Yeah. Be it college or wrestling school so, so re- i wrestling school is a, a formal thing like a, a further thing yeah okay. wrestling school is a formal thing we went to we went to a training center and everything it's it's a gym with um 
at least the one I went to, was a gym with a wrestling ring in it, and usually some knowledgeable uh, teacher there to you know show you show you the ropes, so to speak. Yeah. And so I want to say I trained probably a year and a, a year and a half before I actually debuted. Is is that is that normal, or is it just until you're ready kind of thing? It's until you're ready kind of okay. thing. Uh, there there are people that get in there two weeks after their first time touching a ring. Yeah, so someone people, like four years later, you know, just. Yeah. It just it just depends on how physically ready you are, and mm-hmm. physically physically I wasn't an athlete. I'm not an athlete now, but I was I definitely wasn't an athlete then. I would disagree, honestly. Like <laughs> I, I I know that there there are certain like there there are things about um a, a wrestling ring that kind of like emphasize the performance and that give you a little more oomph and stuff. I watched you. I watched you wrestle on a ring that the ropes had just. They looked like they just hadn't been tightened, and they were just. <laughs> they were just hanging there, like they. They were just going down, and so, you. You still performed fact, admirably. That was that was what I consider easily one of my worst matches of all time, and I felt so bad because it was my first time wrestling so close to my hometown, <laughs> and yeah, we were the first match, and I got in, and I was like. I was like, all right, I'm going to do all this stuff off the ropes. I'm going to I'm going to show them all my big moves and the minute I hit the ropes I was like, wait, these don't feel right. They're really, really bad, actually. They're just like and old so, old rubber bands. Yep, and everything just went slowly downhill from there. Luckily, the second match got the ropes tightened before they went out there. <laughs> we were we were the test dummies that uh that ended up not not happening. So, but yeah, after that I I uh told my mom i was going to still going to college i was just going to night school for uh-huh. about six months before i had to fess up and let her know like uh actually you remember smackdown you remember how i used to pretend to be the rock like i'm still pretending to be the rock <laughs> so like for for that one like honestly the way that, that looks to someone the first time you tell them while you're still doing those things is like oh no like i mean you should probably still be going to like school school you know but then later on when when you're like doing other like big things and stuff like that and they're like oh that's my boy then that's that's like that's the thing they make the movie about you know so so the story goes that i told my mom she will not admit it to this day but she cried and she was like i don't understand i don't i don't get it mm-hmm. what and every time we were even like wrestling was even slightly on tv i'd be like hey mom doesn't that look cool and she'd like no <laughs> look cool that looks dangerous and stupid and i was like no but it is it is cool though but it is dangerous <laughs> it's all uh, of those things mom <laughs> but also don't forget cool it's still cool <laughs> so she came to um my my home federation is called the ewf the empire wrestling federation mm-hmm. of san Bernardino, and we the ewf arena um is kind of where our we put on big shows once a month we do shows all around, but the UWF arena is where like the main stories happen. And my first match I got to do there, my mom was able to come out um, and watch. And I had the match and it was, it was nothing. It was probably seven, eight minutes of me just dancing around, making a fool of myself, having a good time. Now, was, was this with you as, um, were you already the character that, that you are now? Or was this before all of this? No, no, no I was super real. Always okay. been super real. Um, I, 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 I don't, I don't know how that works in the schooling things, you know? So I'll get to, I'll get to that story in a minute. Cause okay. there's also that, uh, but yeah, I was super beetle and did my match and I rolled out of the ring and this is the first time it happened, but a bunch of kids just swarmed 
and we're like, hey, can you sign this? Hey, can we take a picture? Like, mm-hmm. I, as the show's still going on. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I got to go back, blah, blah, blah. And then went out for intermission, took pictures and everything. And that's when, like, my mom came up to me, also crying, and was like, okay, I get it now. Awesome. Like, you, you can do this. And I was like, great, because I've kind of been doing this for, like, a year and a half. So <laughs> I appreciate like, your permission, Mom. <laughs> this, we're a little too late in the game for that now. <laughs> um, but in terms of, like, the characters and stuff, a lot of it depends on the person. I've seen people look like the rock walk into the school looking like the rock and six months later in a ring using whoever they came in the school with that idea in their brain. Like let's say Joe Schmo comes in buffed out to the gills and wants to be uh, Harvey, Harvey Jacobson. Then he's <clears throat> debuting as Harvey Jacobson because he's got the look, he's got everything like let's have it go. Um, like I said, myself, I was not an athlete when I first walked in and it took me a year and a half to kind of, look presentable in the ring mm-hmm. and i think uh my trainers really helped me out and pointed out like hey you still don't look the part you still don't look like brock lesnar walking in there or the rock yeah no one's gonna use you for them so you kind of need something more and that's when i got to thinking okay like like what what else what what can i take from from real life that i like stuff and mm-hmm. there is nothing cooler than the Power Ranger suits. I mean, that's fair. You you can say whatever you want. Like, if you were saw those for the first time in real life, you would have been like, "That person is somebody." Yeah. <laughs> like in in Japan, they have local like local um like local Toku heroes. Like they're regional yeah. people. It, that's yeah, because exactly. they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like like it, you don't look at that person and go back and look at the original Power Ranger suits. Mm. Those suits are. 145 pounds oh, yeah, in no, those suits. Like, like it was, um, I forget his name right now. Um, the, like the, the lead one from the, the first one, uh, um, Jack Austin from Saber. Jack from, from Jack. What, what is it? What was the name you said? From Jack. Yeah. Uh, J a K Q. Um, I, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were talking about power Rangers. So. Well, yeah, no, uh, no, sorry for, uh, from super sentai. Like there's the one yeah. from like the seventies and they've got like these, like, like massive like that helmet that was when they were still exclusively drilling holes for the visors yes like i can't imagine that's that's insane. i will still see i will still see visors like cosplayers that use visors with the holes drilled in and i'm like oh that's that's not the way to go like let's (laughs) do real visors and don't don't take my word for it because i'm terrible i know nothing about cosplay and it's probably way cheaper and way easier but every time i see it i'm like that's not how the helmets look (laughs) (laughs) Um, i've watched the series but like nothing looks cooler than that so i figured if i couldn't be six seven and 250 pounds of muscle or 200 yeah 250 pounds of muscle like i might as well look cool i might as well look like hero and i just took inspiration from the stuff i grown up with um not to get a little two behind the scenes here but Kamen Rider Ghost was airing at the time it was a good series and, and you like you can see you can absolutely see the influence in my first couple of suits of like oh yeah that does kind of look Kamen Rider there's Doctor Who influence in there there's Spider-Man influence mm-hmm. in there and I just pulled it all together and was like alright this is what it is I'm going to try not to stray too far from what it is at the start just so that people have when people think Super Beetle this is the image they come up with yeah no, I, I honestly, I think it's iconic. I know that you've gone through changes for the suit over time, um, like with cuffs and different things like that. Um, right now you're rocking that dope jacket that I like so much. 
<laughs> that's, that is uh, almost completely ripped from Common Rider Wizard. Other, <laughs> other than the other than the arrows and the SB on it, I took it from Common Rider Wizard, and I, like don't get me wrong, I love it, and I think I'm gonna put a little few more changes on it. But everything, like I said, everything on the costume is is something. Yeah, the I want to say my second set of cuffs. Or my second set of gauntlets were the uh, the Science Patrol logo. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember that. that. That was the one where I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I got a half and half suit because I was like really into Kamen Rider Double at the time. I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, let's let's make it the, the same thing." And let's uh, one of them, the one I'm rocking now, was supposed to. Be, and like, I'll I'll sit down at the computer, sit down at Photoshop, and be like, "All right, this is the idea I have in mind." Mm-hmm. Sometimes. That idea does not come out well. That's, <laughs> so, that's, that's honestly that's how that so, goes. Yep, the one I have now, I wanted it to look like common, like kind of like Common Rider build, and it ends up now looking like um, Infinity War Spider Man. Okay, okay. Yeah, it has. It's got the blue all the way through with the silver trim around it. Mm-hmm. Next time you take a look, and like, I didn't, I didn't even think of it until I got it from my gear maker, and I was like, oh yeah, this is this is Infinity War Spider Man. Okay. I mean, dude, honestly, that's that's, it's it's not a bad thing. I mean, that was, that was a good suit too. <laughs> so no, um, I like I like to tell students and other other like r- rookies coming up is like, no one's gonna believe it or like it if you don't. So like, yeah. just take take from stuff you like in real life. Don't get me wrong. I've seen people walk out in a Power Rangers helmet, like full on rip off, and I'm like, don't do that because everyone knows what that is. Yeah, everyone will look at you like. Oh, that's the guy that sold the Power Rangers thing. <laughs> that's that off-brand oh. Ranger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't remember him in the show. He's from the Disney. He's from the Disney era. Don't worry. <laughs> it was a, um, it was a dark day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, we thought it was going to end like four times. Just watch, just watch RPM. It'll be fine. It was rough, man. I, Rafa still <laughs> Rafa still says that, that he liked a couple of those the Power Ranger series while Disney had it. I I disagree. But, Which one did you like? Um, so I, I I can't remember the name right now. The magic, um, is magic oh, Mystic Ranger Force. Mystic Force. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, the the fight in the beginning of the thing. It's like, damn, look at everything that's happening. These are the stakes. That's the only good part of that whole series. Never happens again. Yeah. never happens ever, again. Ever. And like, you'll find that in ninety percent of Tokusatsu is like the first episode or the second episode, big blowout. First tension sequence, always super dope. Yeah, and then you're like. Man, that never happened again. Yeah, there were like 400 yeah. bad guys in here. Now there's like six. There's this funny part of the uh, Kamen Rider Drive movie. because, in the And I'm getting way too into the weeds <laughs> here. But <laughs> they have what they call summer movies for uh, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. And during the summer movie for Kamen Rider, it's just that time where they you get uh, your first introduction to the new rider yeah. of the next so the drive and movie. And they, they always, they're always at odds with each other. And then they're friends at the end. Yep. <laughs> and, and like the summer movies it'll just be that first sneak peek so it's the first you're ever seeing or anyone's ever seeing of that writer to the point where they don't even have that writer cast in real life yet oh i didn't know they, that yeah and sometimes they don't even have the suit actor cast but they're like we gotta throw them in so let's throw them in so famously there's a scene in the common Rider drive summer movie where ghost shows up and just starts break dancing and like <laughs> fighting and flying through the air, fighting like a legitimate ghost. And that is the only time in the history of that that's ever happened. Like he does not fight like that in the actual series. 
doesn't doesn't act like that at all. But he's like the smoothest, coolest dude <laughs> for the five minutes that he's in that movie. <laughs> Like it's so much like it just like since you said like they, they don't have the suit actor cast even like the suit actors have a massive amount to do with like what the fighting style is because every 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 ranger and like every character has their own specific mannerisms and everything and that's very specific to them which no one ever pays attention to if they're any kind of like just like in passing know what power rangers is so like that i didn't know that they just didn't have a person cast for that one yeah, as a kid, I was never like, oh, that's not Jason David Frank in that suit. You can obviously tell. I was just like, man, Tommy eats the Iyaz a lot. That's <laughs> awesome. The only, the only thing that I noticed in a big way as a kid, because like, I was like the, the craziest like ADHD kid, um, was like, <laughs> like, I didn't have time to notice anything. Um, the only thing I ever noticed was when they would have those awful, awful, like the cloth dragon shields that they would put on sometimes and they, they'd like it would always be in like a yeah, moment of repose my shoulders yeah and it was it was like flopping a little bit <laughs> but yeah like it, I was, it definitely would, not the kid that noticed, I was definitely not the kid that would notice like why isn't the yellow ranger wearing a skirt i was just like yeah that's trini let's dude, go right and dude for somehow for like the entirety of like into when i was an adult i just didn't notice the the black ranger not having uh a ring finger yeah like I, they just i just never knew not something not something i looked for as a kid but as soon as the internet came around i was like oh, oh my wow God. he didn't <laughs> like the, i remember thinking the movie suits were the coolest thing and they were like now i look back and i'm like those are those are hockey pads yeah it, it's <laughs> it, like so for, for those suits like you have a different eye for that for that one you you get to see this like very clearly not stretchy kind of material that's like shiny and like vinyl kind of uh in all those places and we know now that they ripped everywhere yes like do you do you feel for those people who had to wear those suits and <laughs> use them in those moments because you've experienced this now suit maintenance is probably my least favorite part of being an independent wrestler mm-hmm. because i i've I want to say I maybe have seven sets of suits now um, just accumulated over the years. And there's ones that I definitely cannot wear in matches anymore. And there's definitely ones that I would not want to wear for the sake of my opponent because I've worn them in a little bit too many matches. Yeah. Uh, And so it's got to the point where like at the end of the weekend or even the night after I use it, if I'm coming straight home, like, Mm -hmm. boom, got it, got to, got to scrub it down as soon as I get home just to make sure it stays in shape what do you do for for that kind of suit like you spider-man doesn't take his suit to the laundromat <laughs> you know and like that's much the like that, that's very similar for how you have to treat that kind of thing i'd imagine spider-man definitely hand washes the suit i try to take uh my jacket to the dry cleaner once and it's just there's so many variables that it's like i don't like it not being my hand when i have a show the next day yeah so i just i like yeah you learn to you learn to hand wash it, and especially I have a lot more. When I started out, I was just blue and blue, like navy and baby blue, and that was it. Yeah. Now I've I've added, I've added a lot more like iridescent and silver, so it takes so much more care to be like, all right, scrub it carefully here. You can be a little rough here, or hang it up when you need to, and everything. But yeah, suit maintenance is the not fun part of wrestling. Yeah. Now, aside from that, I mean, I'd imagine there, there are a lot of things that are. Something that you never thought you would have to worry about for wrestling that you don't learn until you're actually in there. 
Yep. And things that no one tells you in training, but like once you're on the road and you're like, Oh, okay. Now I got to figure this stuff out on my own. Or even like you said, in a match, like no one's, no one taught me what to do if this happens or this happens, but like, let's go with it. And it's all, it's all a performance. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's the same as if I was doing a stage play yeah. or something to heckler in the audience. The only difference is I have the chance to improv with that heckler and be yeah. like, all right, this is what we're going to do here. I'm going to take your hat or something, something of that nature. Um, but yeah, a lot of it, I would say wrestling school taught me how, how to move mm-hmm. how to fall and that kind of stuff. But I had to learn how to, how to act on the fly. Really? Yeah. Is it like, I was going to ask um, for the one where the ropes weren't tightened. I mean, I, like I'd imagine it's not a thing that you're going to expect to ever happen, but like you guys, do you would would there have ever been a chance that you guys could have just been like, "This is a professional. I can't believe I come all the way to this city, and you guys don't have his rope tied. I'm not getting back up there." And you play it up as like as a as a character up there, and you just like hop off, and you're just like, "Nope." And so they come out and tighten the ropes. Would that even be a chance, or do you just if, have to play it through? If that's one of the characters that were in the ring at the time, then absolutely. Okay, I would say like, and. I'll preface it with this was early on in my career. Maybe my first four months of wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was very early, and it was the first time I'd been anywhere that wasn't my home company. So I was just like, all right, mouth shut, keep keep quiet, like be be a good lad. Here we go. <laughs> Whatever's happening, we're we're rolling with it. Um, but for that instance, like Super Beetle wouldn't do that and throw a fit. Like, we're That's gonna great. have fun either way. And the person I was wrestling was a pure like collegiate wrestler he doesn't need ropes he doesn't he doesn't know why the ring has ropes let alone <laughs> bounces off of them so those two characters know but yeah there's other instances where someone is like a snobby like i don't know if you've watched any of aew only a little bit but, Not, my dad loves wrestling oh does he really yeah um so there's a character on there named mjf mjf is exactly the type of character that you can jump out and be like hey uh I can't work here. These are unsafe working conditions. <laughs> I'm going to call the show right now. <laughs> I feel like every wrestler should have that built into their backstory <laughs> just in case something isn't good. So they don't run the risk of getting hurt. Like, nope, sorry. And don't get me wrong. If I was, especially if I was who I am now, mm-hmm. I would, I would know how, now I know how to work around that. Yeah. Where like, cause you don't, if you go to a movie and they leave a, they leave a scene in where it's like, Oh, sorry, we didn't cut that. Tom Cruise wasn't happy with the uh, with the wire work on that. Like that's yeah. going to completely take you out of it. Same thing with wrestling. I gotta. We have to keep up what's happening mm-hmm. in order. If you're, if I'm asking you to suspend your belief or suspend your disbelief, <laughs> my job is going to be to not do anything to betray what I'm asking of you. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, cause I mean, it, it, it's a big ask, especially if it's like someone's first show or something. And like you've seen, you've been to shows, um, where certain things will happen and you just kind of put your head down. Like, Oh, I, I remember why I stopped watching wrestling when I was eight. Like everyone, everyone has. Yeah. And it's just those things that we try to avoid. So, um, it's not, it's not really the promoter's fault. If it, there's a little bit of, a little bit of it is his fault if, say, the ring ropes aren't tightened. Yeah. But if I can't figure out a way around that, then I'm not ready to be in that ring. That's fair. Yeah, because, yeah. like, you went to school for this. I mean, 
yeah, anything could happen. I had a match uh, a few weeks ago where I took I took the opponent out and I told the little kids like, hey, who wants a chance to chop this kid? Got three little kids to chop the guy in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Got a dog to chop the guy too, which is probably like one of my biggest accomplishments in wrestling. But later on in the match, I threw the guy out because I wanted him on the outside. And one of the little girls that hit him earlier pushed him back in the ring. Oh, no. And it's like, okay, well, that's what we're doing now. Yes. Yeah. This, this is where it is. It's just it's just rolling with the punches and figuring out, and it's not the general public doesn't completely understand how wrestling is. Everyone everyone kind of knows, mm-hmm. but there's obviously more going on behind the scenes, yeah, uh, and everybody's privy to. And so, I'll, and I will say, just yeah, eighty ninety percent of it is just rolling with the punches and like, okay, here we go. This is this is what we were given. Let's make art with it. Mm-hmm. For for you, I know um, a while back you were unfortunately injured. Um, Correct. When, when that happened, uh, I I wasn't there for this. Um, I I don't even think is I don't think there's like a video that you've ever posted or anything of when this happened or anything like that. Um, there's a video on my Instagram of me getting super kicked off super double super kicked and then power bombed off the apron through a door that's set up on some chairs onto the, onto the, uh, cement. And so many layers <laughs> just keeps going and going. You're like, oh, I really wonder how he got injured. It's <laughs> really safe to do at the time. Um, but that, that's probably the closest video I have to it. Okay. I mean, for, for that one, what, what was the injury that you got that it, uh, it put you out for a little bit? I was out for four months. Goodness, that just recently came back, uh, getting getting revenge on the person who did it. And, and what? So it was what? what <laughs> like what? The, was this? This wasn't the 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 tables with the doors and the, the du- yes. double super. That was that. Yeah, it was the first. Like, so I can't. It's. These, this group called the Millennials. Uh-huh. Oh, dude, wanted to make that, a that statement. Was, that's your problem right there. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm a millennial. <laughs> it's just these three wrestlers, uh, Daniel Moon, Brendan Devine, and Danny Devine, mm-hmm. came into my home, decided, not my home, but the Empire Wrestling Federation, uh, <laughs> inserted themselves in a match and decided, hey, the biggest way to make an impact here would be to injure this guy. Because this is like, this is the guy that everyone thinks of. Yeah. All the kids up to let's take it to this guy let's take this guy out and they did i'll give them that much and i was out for almost four months and i came back and that's it's pretty much been a beeline for them the whole time like that's where my sights have been yeah set. you said that that beetle line yeah exactly <laughs> um like so w- one of the things that you were saying was that um there, there's so many things that people don't know going on behind the scenes for wrestling that there's so many things that um, like with there's, there's different moving parts for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for some people who are there all the time, um, you, you had tweeted on Twitter about like, I'm assuming people who are there often they're they're, they're in week in week out who have a bigger personal relationship with some of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, one of the things that you, that you had kind of termed that stuff as it was that they were, you were saying that they were kind of using people or using the independent wrestlers as like personal, I forget what the, the phrasing was, um, using wrestlers as like therapists. Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's two-sided. At the time when I tweeted it, I was a little more um, – wasn't the best day that I was having. Mm-hmm. A little more like, oh, man, like emotionally tired. We'll say yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of fans that – and through no one's – through no fault of their own. Like a lot of fans are there every day, every weekend, every show, and you develop a connection with them. Mm-hmm. Better or worse, most, most like ninety percent of the time for better. Yeah. Um, but those are your fans, and those are your friends, and there's just that small ten percent that like. And when I tweeted it, most of the time I meant a lot of them through Twitter and such. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to be clear. The, like, even though like someone could perceive like this conversation as being like an inherently negative spin to this kind of thing, I yeah. don't think I don't think it's that. And, and I've noticed now there there have been. Um, a few different things that I've seen um, because you, you get other people's um, other thing, tweets from other people that you interact with on Twitter that people you interact with interact with. And mm. there have been times recently where other people have talked about specifically that exact same thing. So it, it's a pervasive thing. It's not just you or it, or just like your federation or anything like that. You yeah, guys got a bunch of real close not, friends. It's not, like you said, it's not a negative thing at all or something. Mash, it's just mm-hmm. like, um, I'll take it this way. If I had the chance to talk to Spider-Man when I was little, I would have talked to Spider-Man every day. I would have annoyed. <laughs> I would have annoyed the head off Spider-Man because <laughs> I had a direct beeline to him. And like that, it is what it is. I would have been Spider-Man's best friend in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of, and it's not just professional wrestlers. It's cosplayers. It's, it's uh people on, on people who stream video game stuff i've seen that happen with, with friends. any any let's just call it small time celebrity mm-hmm. even big size celebrities but um there's such a more personal relationship now with twitter and social media with whoever your heroes are yeah we grew up and if jason david frank had an instagram <laughs> guaranteed guaranteed we would have watched every single video and we would have been like hey man great job on episode 113 yeah and he'd be like i don't i don't even know what episode that is yeah and, and he like, would have no clue because he has so much going on yeah he, he would just be he'd be like don't remember that thank you though hashtag jesus doesn't tap <laughs> exactly <laughs> check out my new gear my new merch my new show <laughs> so it's not it's not a bad thing i i just i tweeted it at the moment because i like was having an emotionally draining day and i was like man people want other people to be their therapists mm-hmm. when a hundred percent, honestly, I need a therapist. Yeah. And I don't have all my stuff together, but I've, I've been there on nights where I get messages from people or even, um, let them like Facebook call me where it's like, Hey, I'm having a bad night. I don't think I'll make it through tonight. Like, mm-hmm. can we talk? And I've sat up for hours on end talking to people that I have no idea who they are, mm-hmm. but they're, attracted to what I do in the ring and they're, they gravitate towards that. So like, I definitely will lend them an ear. Mm-hmm. For that. Um, but yeah, like I said, 90% of the time I need a therapist. So do not take my words as anything that's, that's coherent. I've I, more often than not, I've been like, when it, when it gets to that point, I've been like, Hey, I think you need actual help. Like here's the number to call. Here's, someone to go yeah. to but like this is far above my my area of expertise mm-hmm. i dance i dance 
and I throw arm drags and I throw horn butts, but I can't fix everything. But I am, I do like to be there when yeah. I can be. No, I, I think that's a normal thing for, I mean, even just like passing friendships, that kind of thing will happen. There'll be mm-hmm. some person who you knew in high school and you just like, like one of their pictures or whatever. And then you're, you're starting to catch up with them. Like, ah, oh, it's been so long, you know? Uh, and then suddenly like maybe 20 messages in, you're like, damn, like they're, they're telling me a lot right now. Yep. And every, everybody's got baggage. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous to walk up a person and meet a person and think, Oh, you've only existed from this moment forward. Yeah. Nothing behind, nothing's behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's just, everybody has it. It's just something that, like I said, is so easy to pass off and help. Um, no, I'll just like it's so easy to pass off in today's generation because we have that access to everyone on their finger. Yeah. At their finger. So for, for those people, um, if there is anyone out there who, who has, has in any way, shape or form, um, felt like they wanted to reach out to any people that are on the internet that they don't know in a personal way, but appreciate who they are, um, mm-hmm. and what they do. Uh, I mean, like, is there anything that you want to say to them? Like any advice for those people? I mean, not, not something oh. like don't reach out to those people. Like <laughs> what, what, what other path would you recommend for laundry, them? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> don't, don't be afraid to at all because nine times out of 10, those relationships will come through or blossom into something. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. that I've met on Twitter that I've never, like we were talking about it before we went on. I've never met these people in real life, Yeah, but every now and then, like I get the chance to wrestle in their town or they get the chance to come over here and I meet them and it's like, Hey, we've been, be- we've been friends for years, mm-hmm. but the first time I'm seeing you that like that happens. Just don't expect that to happen right off the bat. Especially like I am, don't get me wrong. I am nobody. I'm small time creator. I'm not saying, that Philip DeFranco is going to message you back the minute I mean, it happens. He might. He 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 <laughs> seems like he's got the network for really, that. I don't really know. Cool really <laughs> cool guy. But I guess um, don't 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 make that your one outlet mm. of dependence for that stuff. Like there are ways to get help, and if one person's not answering you, it's not it's not because they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I would agree with that one. Yeah, I think um, there's there's a natural inclination for people to reach out to someone who doesn't have any of the negative connotation um, to the like the life stuff they're trying to escape. And mm-hmm. you guys would represent that kind of thing. You represent only good times and happiness and stuff. Absolutely. Uh, as much as wrestling is an escape for everybody else, like wrestling is an escape for me mm-hmm. on the weekend. Fifty two weekends a year. Yeah, I get go on the road and hang out with my friends and make people laugh and tell a story and just do the dumbest, most ridiculous things. <laughs> There's one, like I was telling a story this weekend, went to Arizona one time and Andy like almost fought a horse Wait, for no other no, reason. That's like, now was that, was that just a, a, a fan with a long face? No, no, it's, <laughs> it's on adventures, but like we were just driving by and he's like, Hey, this horse is like, like looks like he's ready to go. <laughs> like, and that's probably a side effect of being on the road for six hours nonstop and like having no sleep, but it's something I get to do. I would never travel the world. I'm very much the type of person that's, if I'm locked into a schedule, I'm like, all right, just doing the same routine over and over again. Wrestling lets me break that wrestling. lets me go out and be like, Hey, I got to take this day off work. Cause I got to go to Philadelphia 
for the weekend or I got to take this day off work so I can go to Seattle for the weekend and meet these people that I've never met before. Mm-hmm. But the minute I get in there and have a match with them, they are now my family. Like that is now a person I am comp- directly tied to in such an intimate way compared to somebody off the streets because I'm trusting that person with my body. I'm trusting them with my ideas and we're going in there and we're sharing 10 minutes of just like the most, one of the most intimate actions that can, that you can do Mm -hmm. in front of other people. (laughs) At least legally, (laughs) legally in front of other people. It's just, it's, it's such a collaborative process. It's almost like you send two people side unseen out to paint a wall together mm-hmm. and they have to paint that wall together and it can't be, this is your half. This is my half. It has to be one coherent picture. Yeah. That's what we're doing in there. And if that picture comes out good, you're dang right. You're going to look it over the, over to the other person and be like, Hey, we're pretty great together. That yeah. Rule pound it. If a picture comes out bad, they're more often than don't get me wrong. More often than not, there's like, Oh man, I knew I could have done better. He could have done better. Mm-hmm. We could have changed this. This could have went different. You're thinking about a million things, but when it goes right, it is as, as good as it is for the audience. There's such a feeling of connection and brotherhood between the people that were in there doing it that nine times out of 10, I will stick up for that person in most situations after that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you guys, you guys did jazz together. Exactly. Like that way better way to explain it. (laughs) (laughs) Session. I don't know why I didn't think of that. (laughs) He brings the saxophone. I bring my snare drum, and like if we if we jam, we jam, and mm-hmm. there's just that connection on a different level. Yeah. Um. But like with with that kind of thing, is that is you obviously got to do a school. Like you're not you're not a person in the beginning of like the beginning of like proto wrestling and everything like that, <laughs> and you're barely pulling together this scrappy band of people. Like you mm-hmm. got to see brotherhood in action for that mm-hmm. stuff. And and that has paid dividends now. Who yeah, and a lot of like while I was in school too, a lot of people that I trained with that were already having matches, they had that brotherhood. And I'm like, man, they're so close, they're so cool. Why? Like, why don't I have that? How do I get that? <clears throat> and it was just like it's something that one of those things where we were talking about. You have to learn on the fly. You have to learn in the ring. It's one of those things that just clicks in your head that like, oh, me and this person have chemistry. We groove together. Until until you guys fall apart, like until yeah, until we have a yeah. bad. And don't get me wrong, one bad match doesn't change everything. But yeah, if you're saying there's not some sourness, at least towards yourself after a bad match, you're you're lying to yourself. Oh, no, I, Nobody I, has a bad match and walks out and was like, "Well, another day of work. Time to clock out." <laughs> Punch the clock. Exactly. <laughs> no, like, that's not what, not what wrestling is. Wrestling is the thing you do after you clock out. Wrestling is if. It's it's been quoted in a ton of podcasts, or somebody said it. Where I don't get paid to wrestle, I get paid for all the stuff around wrestling. I, I get paid to be, leave my house. I get paid to travel, mm-hmm. but I do wrestling for free any day of the week. Okay, I would actually, you know, I, I'd, I'd be curious to find out more about like independent wrestling and how that works out financially. Because I mean, that's a big ask. Mm, and I, I bet you wouldn't be interested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, we don't need to do that one right now or anything. I just like, <laughs> I'd be so curious about how that actually gets paid for. Cause I mean, even people doing like, like it, it like a person just traveling around with the band, like you make $0. You don't even pay for the travel with the, yeah. thing, the money that you make. <clears throat> yeah. And it, like, independent wrestling is not that different in terms of, uh, myself like a single person i can't imagine what it'd be for an entire show 
and the the best I can like thinking on if I'm thinking the best of people, I'm thinking, okay, you're putting on an independent wrestling show because you love independent wrestling, not because you think you're gonna get be a millionaire off of it. Yeah. Because no like you're not. Right right off the bat, you're not. There's there's so much more opportunities now in wrestling to make money, but you're not a millionaire unless you're signing to one of those companies that is on TV. And I mean, even those like, I'm like, ah, oh, man, there's, I like, I like conversation. Um, there's that, there's <laughs> that big, like, uh, the big John Oliver uh, piece that they did on wrestling. Uh, they, they, they went drill into that pretty hard. And uh, I don't know how much money there is in that. I mean, the contractor thing is pretty rough. It's, yeah, and he he did specifically zeroed in on WWE. Yeah, and now there's there's more companies sprouting up and more companies uh, to put under that microscope. But in terms of what he was talking about with WWE, yeah, you get this set contract, but they're also paying for their travel and their insurance and their hotels. So it may look like this big check, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's it's still a big check. It's but it's. It's a more manageable, like, oh, this person isn't a millionaire of life of luxury lavish. You you do get there. Like everyone's seen John Cena's mansion on <laughs> on the E network or whatever. But he's but also dude, he's also John Cena. Like it, it, yeah. he was he's but in that Transformers. Dude, <laughs> that dude made himself up to be John Cena. Like he built himself up. He was since the early two thousands, if not nineteen ninety nine, like he's been busting away, busting away, mm-hmm. busting away to make that money and be that person. Yeah. And I mean, he might've been robbing banks this whole time. We couldn't see him. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the last thing I wanted to ask uh, before we end everything here is, um, have you gotten to see peanut butter Falcon by any chance? I have not seen peanut. I've heard so many good things about peanut butter Falcon. Okay. We were talking about, uh, off air that we both listen to kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Every time they bring up peanut butter, Falcon, I'm like, damn, I have to see that movie. Like I, I can't keep putting it off. It's just, there's so much happening in the world right now. And the same thing I was saying about so much wrestling content. There's just so much content period. Yeah. No. And Disney plus just rolled out like 14 million hours of it all over again. It's hard. No, um, honestly, peanut butter Falcon. Has, I, I still haven't seen the Mandalorian. I mean, I mean no, nobody saw the Mandalorian today because half the service was down. So you're okay. You're in good company <laughs> for that one. No, um, uh, for that one, like for anyone who's a big wrestling fan, um, especially a person who's been in wrestling since they were younger, I highly recommend Peanut Butter Falcon, even just for that connection. But it's a great movie overall. Like, is it? Is there? Is it a lot of it wrestling, or is wrestling just kind of the background premise for this larger story? Wrestling is a motivating like a motivating factor for the, <laughs> one of the main characters. Wrestling is like the thing that he loves the most in the world. Uh, and it, it pays off. <laughs> it pays off real good. <laughs> well, now I fantastic. So now I have to see it. <laughs> if it pays off, then I'm like, ah, it, 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 I, I went out specifically and drew one of the scenes that happens in the movie that has <laughs> right. to do with wrestling based on how much I liked it. <laughs> um, I so, have to go watch more, uh, for, for that's for the internet. Where can people find you? Oh, I, I don't know when that in the this beginning. is going to Yeah, I don't know when this is going to air. Um, but if it airs sometime this week, I do have two shows this weekend. Uh, the first one in Imperial Valley for Imperial Valley Lucha at the Ricochet Event Center on Friday. What, and what, what is the date? Like Friday, uh, what date? Friday, November 15th. Okay. 
Yeah, if you're not listening, if you're listening to this after November 15th. Yeah, j- just in case. I, I don't want to be like, ah, Friday, yes. It's a 30-second skip button on your on your uh, podcast app right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Friday, November 15th is at the Rick Shea Event Center in Imperial, California. Sunday, so, I was going to say September. Sunday, November 17th at the Arizona Marketplace in Yuma, Arizona. Oh, I didn't know it was there. I, I didn't. I didn't even read the flyer since I'm. I'm not there anymore. I was like, I said to you, and you're like, oh, I'm in Phoenix. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> but okay. I know a lot of your listeners are in Yuma, so Yuma 4:30 Arizona Marketplace. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just search at Real Super Beetle on all of it, mm-hmm. and it's good. Even like even if you just enjoy like seeing cool people talk about cool things, follow them. It's great. It's, it's okay. It's wonderful. What what I retweet is better than what I actually tweet. So. I disagree strongly. <laughs> you have never retweeted me, so that can't be true. <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. I think you actually you just retweeted me a long time right ago. Now. You my, drew me. I've retweeted you every time. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. Um, no, <laughs> don't don't retweet what I tweeted today. It was the it was my Death Stranding Evangelion <laughs> crossover tweet. See, yeah, I didn't retweet it because I thought it was a spoiler. No, I, 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 what, I wish it was. I have to play this game. I think this actually happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Ear on the side of uh, caution here. If you go look at the picture again, I promise you'll see that it's not a real <laughs> It's a bad Photoshop. But no, th- thank you, thank you so much for joining me today for this. Um, no problem. For for everyone out there, thank you if you made it to this point in this whole podcast here. Um, th- we're sorry and you're welcome for all the Power Rangers talk. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me. Uh, all across the internet uh, and different podcast services and apps uh, with Geek Elite Media. That is twitter.com slash Geek Elite Media, I believe. I never had to say this part of the podcast. It looks very questionable. I've I've never had to do this part. Um, (laughs) And then you can find me personally across all all pieces of social media um, or video game things as either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent for short when you can't have all the characters. Uh, have a good day, have a good night, have a good morning, and always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. So, and if this part gets cut out, I'll know that you did not do the outro right. No, we're, we actually are suppo- we're, we're supposed to do an outro thing together. Do, do you want to, like, I didn't tell you this beforehand. Oh, but fantastic! We can what do this on the fly. So we're gonna we're gonna say it together, and you guys are gonna get to see the sausage get made. Because I'm not gonna tell Mitch this happens, and he's gonna put it up without listening. So <laughs> we always end the podcast with saying um, uh, something, 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 something. Uh, all the podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network, uh, and then we say uh, like something, something, and always remember to geek out, and we say the geek out together. <clears throat> All I got to say is the geek out, not the 10 some things you said nope, before that. Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm, I'm going to fill those in on the fly right now. <clears throat> cool. So, I'm ready when you are. All right. So from me, Stephen Clark and the real super beetle, thank you so much for being here with us. 